You're listening to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. In March, China's top leaders gathered in Beijing to announce their budget and their big economic goals for 2021 and for the next five years. The tradition carries back to the days of Mao Zedong. They've changed as the country's economy has changed, and the latest announced plans are seen as ambitious. Especially given the ongoing fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic, here with some guidance on China's latest five-year plan is Chase Blazik, Stratfor Asia Pacific analyst at Rain. Welcome, Chase. Hi, Emily. Glad to be here. I mentioned that these five-year plans date back at least sixty years. How many five-year plans have been released? Yeah, they go back far. This is the fourteenth. The fourteenth. So, what are some of the key takeaways of this latest five-year plan? Sure,、uh, there are there are many.、Uh, it's got sixty chapters in it, so I'll try and really condense to just key takeaways that I found.、Uh, first one was self-reliance, and this is really、um, a holdover from the trade war.、Um, this is in consumption, but also agriculture、uh, and high tech. Um, China saw, and Beijing's leaders saw, that they were quite reliant on the U.S.、Um, for import demand, and so they want Chinese people to buy Chinese goods, which makes them less reliant on the U.S.、Uh, in the case that tariffs like this come again.、Um, that's also the same case in agriculture.、Uh, China relies on many U.S. crops,、uh, and they want to be able to grow their own crops, so they have their own domestic stockpiles. A bit of food security mixed in there,、um, but they also want to bring up the rural citizenry、uh, and make their their incomes higher, and so that kind of adds、uh, on to this agricultural self-reliance. And the last bit of self-reliance is high tech. Again, Beijing was burned、uh, during the tech war when the U.S. put sanctions on, for example, Huawei and ZTE, which are two of China's biggest tech companies. And so Beijing increasingly wants to be able to subsidize these companies and make、uh, Beijing's biggest and most important、uh, tech industries independent of the U.S.、Uh, insofar as they're capable. Of course, Beijing still relies on the U.S. for many high-tech imports,、uh, including semiconductors. Another point of this is、uh, reconstruction. Um, so China wants to reconstruct its megacities、uh, and its rural areas in different ways.、Uh, for megacities, they want better infrastructure, and, and I guess I should clarify: these are cities that have grown so much that they grow into other cities. So is this like Shanghai and? Yeah, definitely. This is、uh, the Shanghai area and, and surrounding cities, but also Beijing and surrounding cities, and Guangzhou and surrounding cities. And these areas contain anywhere from fifty to a hundred million people, and so they need very concerted, very intentional infrastructure to make them work. As far as the the rural component of that, China still wants to improve the livelihoods of rural Chinese, and that includes. Better infrastructure out to the rural areas and more skilled labor in rural areas.、Uh, it's a bit of a issue because once you build railroads to rural areas, well, those folks really want to get up and move to the cities.、Um, so uh, uh, rural reconstruction is a little bit difficult. Right. As soon as you put the roads and the trains out there, then it will be just another extension of the big city that you started out with, right? Definitely. So, what are the prospects of Beijing meeting these goals that you've identified? Like I said, there's a lot in this thing, so they're not going to meet all of them, but they certainly want to meet a few 
priorities, right? Uh, High-tech development, that's key. Uh, it's going to be heavily subsidized by Beijing. And this is in uh, artificial intelligence, but also uh, new biotechnologies, new energies. China is going to continue investing in these areas, and they will prosper moderately. Um, but also central discipline, right? Uh, Xi Jinping's uh, corruption campaign is going to continue, Um and as will central policy implementation. Uh, Beijing wants to ensure that all of these small cities and even the megacities now are following its policy mandates. And then the last one that is likely to succeed is control over finance. Um, and this is uh, in order to stem some financial risks that come with many mega companies uh, like Alibaba and Tencent uh, holding the reins on Chinese citizens' wallets. Uh, Beijing doesn't like other entities having that control, and they definitely want to scale that back a little bit with regulation. Areas where this might be harder is when these uh, five-year plan goals compete, right? They're competing policy priorities in here and some misaligned incentives. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked about rural versus urban and the difficulties with that. But there's also healthy growth um, that Beijing wants to impose upon China. Uh, and this has been made difficult in 2020 because many local cities have been uh, taking out loans, right, and just taking on debt in order to keep growing through 2020. At the same time, China is decreasing their tax base by giving tax breaks to uh, small and medium-sized enterprises and also high-tech companies. So <laughs> local cities have, have uh, less debt to take out and less tax money coming in. That's going to make it hard to implement a lot of these goals. Well, I would say that debt, um, independence from the United States, and other goals that you've identified might have some impact on U.S.-China relations. Uh, definitely will. I, I think the biggest one, and this kind of encapsulates um, the many different impacts it could have on U.S.-China relations, is just China has a lot on its plate right now. Um, they want to recover from the economic recession of 2020. They want to increase uh, Beijing's power over the financial system. They want to increase Beijing's power over local debt and localities. Um, a lot of this means China's not going to want to hear, um, for example, U.S. calls for market reforms, for example, unless those market reforms are already something Beijing was planning to do in the course of implementing its five-year plan. Um, similarly, in, on issues of human rights, um, uh, like Xinjiang or Hong Kong or Tibet or Taiwan, uh, Beijing's not going to want to listen to many U.S. entreaties um, because they just don't have the, the, the domestic bandwidth. They're too focused on other issues at this time. Uh, that said, um, opportunities for Western investment, including U.S. investment in China, will continue. Um, but as Beijing tries to centralize control, um, this means that you have to be willing to dance along with Beijing's um, increasingly choreographed economic plans and the political and reputational risks that come along with that. Chase Blazik is Strat for Asia-Pacific analyst at Rain. Chase, thank you so much. Thank you. If you want regular intelligence updates on global geopolitics, including China and the U.S.-China competition, sign up for the Strat4 Worldview newsletter from Rain. It's full of geopolitical updates from our team of expert analysts. Sign up at worldview.strat4.com. That's worldview.strat4.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.